Welcome. Wait, we're not doing a sound check? We already did a sound check. Oh, whoops. I mean, hey, we're recording. Yay. I totally knew that this was going on. I'm now going to put my phone up Yeah. so I'm not distracted by anything <laughs> um, and that I'm paying attention to what's going on around me. So my what? name's Elise. I'm Nick. And I'm also paying attention. My name's Alex. <laughs> and we're Some Nerds Have a Podcast. And mm-hmm. this is our podcast that we have. There are lots of podcasts on the internet to choose from. We're happy that you picked us. <laughs> um, so we've got a lot to go through this week. Uh, obviously, we are going to be talking about uh, Avengers Endgame. Elise and I went to go Woo-hoo! see it. Alex didn't. I did not. Um, <laughs> but Elise and I will be talking about it towards the end of the podcast. So we're saving that for the end. So if you don't want to hear the end. Uh-huh, the, suckers, the you end, have to wait until the end. If you don't want to hear endgame spoilers, wait till the end. Um, and yeah. then turn us off. And then, yeah, and then turn us off. Or you just skip randomly through the thing yeah, yeah. until you find it. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. that's always so an option. Too. We're, we're going to talk about it at the very end. So we're good. <laughs> um, so. So what else did we do? Yeah, what else did we do? Uh, I kind of want to start off by talking about, because this is, once again, the the intersection of, like, nerddom and politics that, that we kind of like to, our little yeah. cozy home that we like to live in. Okay. Um, For sure. I want to start off by talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Did you guys we're see this? We're just gonna story? really like jump right in there. Yeah, we're just. I'm gonna <laughs> jump right in. Reaches for got, the phone. Hey, we gotta go fast, Elise. Uh, gotta go fast. Sonic. Uh, um, Did he can really move? <laughs> <laughs> He's got attitude. Um, and is also the fastest thing alive. Um, hopefully, also those animators are the fastest things alive, and also they they don't have families. Um, you get, have you yeah, guys, fuck those animators. Have you all been following this? Yeah, so uh, the last, last, what I most recently heard, I guess, or the uh-huh. last thing that I had heard was um, that the studio realized that they'd really fucked up with the design of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, they'd made him, like, too humanoid and not, like, He's just this creepy little goblin enough. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, this is why this we is, give him gloves. Yeah, yeah, with his weird nobody, human fingers. <laughs> nobody wants to see so, that shit. So, no, before we move on from this. So in the trailer, we see a big pile of like ruined running shoes. I don't think we'll see it now since they're going back to change the movie. But I bet, I bet you money, there was a scene in that movie where we saw, him, where we see him change running shoes, and, and you, you see, see his weird creepy human feet. Yeah, <laughs> all covered in blue uh, hair. Gross. Like a like a like a hobbit uh, with gangrene. Shut up. <laughs> Stop talking. Like Stop a, moving like a your muscular mouth. hobbit with your, it's like, your lips are flapping up and down and noise is coming out like, and I need you to not do, do you, that. Do you remember that kid a few years ago who was like he was like the eight year old bodybuilder? Do you remember that guy? Oh god. He, that's what Sonic the Hedgehog looked like. I felt like that was like child abuse. But in right? Muppet form. Like, but yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. You, you, you wish it was a you Muppet. Put, you put a, like a, you put like <laughs> Sonic a CGI fuckery. You put like Sonic Fox's like fursuit head on that kid's body, and oh, that's what he God, looks like. Jesus. <laughs> All so right. Anyway, so they realized that that was like a terrible idea. After the when, internet when the entire out. yeah, the entire internet. What, what was y'all's favorite freak out of that? I think mine was probably when they fixed it by replacing Sonic's creepy dead eyes with Steve Buscemi's eyes <laughs> and it made it look better. Yeah. That was probably the moment that for me, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is really unsalvageable. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Um, like, so, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so the entire on. internet freaked out. They're going through the entire movie 
and redesigning him. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have to now redo the entire fucking movie. Those animators have to go through fucking everything so, and redesign it, which is a goddamn nightmare. So, have they announced if they're pushing the release date? They back? have not announced that. Have they announced a release date at all? Yes. Um, I think it's in November. Okay. So, that... <laughs> Say goodbye to your families, yeah, yeah. animators! Say goodbye to you. Probably your company. Oh, so, okay. So, I was gonna... I wanted to talk about this anyway, because it is, like, you know, workers' rights and also, like, terrible pop culture. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. um, my... When I heard that, my, my initial reaction was already, well, all right, well, m- either move the... Either move the release date back, like, push uh-huh. it back, because that needs to get done. Um, and you don't want to like crunch your animators, right? Like, like crunch. No, they want to crunch their animators. Well, I know, I know, but I'm saying (laughs) crunch has been in the, like in the, it's been in the news for the video game industry recently. So like, you don't, you don't want that kind that same kind of that stink rubbing off on you. Mm -hmm. So a, there's that choice B and this, I, I suppose that this option is, is kind of moot now, but the other option for this would have been. Who the fuck cares? Because no matter what you will do to the goddamn design of this fucking hedgehog, no one's going to see this movie. Oh, everyone's going to see it now. I, I now don't... it's gotten so much hype and I, press and free publicity. I just I will I wait. I will wait for it to be le- leaked onto some like sketchy Ukrainian site. <laughs> Um, and like, I will watch it there. But like we I... have the VPN, like we have the Nord, Nord... VPN for right. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Someone please sponsor us. But, but my point, my point being that like, I don't think even those of like, I'm like morbidly curious to mm-hmm. see it. I'm not going to pay any fucking money to if go I'll see it. I'll fucking pay for us to see it. My dollars. <laughs> oh my God. We'll go see it. Oh my God. All right. I want to see that. I need to be fucking drunk. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. At like, the I very least. Isn't there a theater we can go to nearby where we can do that? Oh, that there is. is. There is. Hell yeah. I am uh, I'm very pro this move that a lot of theaters have made recently to, like, serve alcohol at the movie theater. Like, hell here's, yes. Here's the have thing. they gone back to putting, like, rotten fruit out for sale in the front so you can oh, throw God. it at the screen? <laughs> here's, here's the thing. That's the next step. Here's the thing with selling beer in theaters. It's, like, it, it's, it's a great idea, but, like, you're adding a whole sorts of risks to your theater going experience. Oh, definitely. Like you, a, you have to have the right crowd for that. You know, the people who like have their drinks before the movie starts, like, yeah, you have like a, like maybe like two big beers, like over the course of like a two and a half, three hour movie, you know, you're not going to get belligerent. The people who like have two or three drinks out in the lobby and then come in and have like two or three drinks more, you know, if you're going to go see, like, a, re- a movie you're really excited for, you don't want those people in your theater. You know? You don't want, you don't want drunken fans screaming in the middle of Endgame? I mean... And that, I, not that I'm going to spoil it that, for anybody, That but... probably would have been fine. Yeah. I probably would have been okay with that. But if, like, if I'm going to go see, like... Oh, I don't know. I'm can to I tell you my example. story about this? Actually, I have a, the perfect example go, for this. Go, go, yes. And you're going to immediately want to divorce me okay. after hearing this story. So, um, I'm taking my ring off now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this, so my family, it was Christmas Day, and my family's fucking Irish Catholic, so of course we've been drinking since 10 a.m. And we decided, like, we were going to go see, uh, we we're going to go see some movies. And, of course, the big blockbuster that was out was 
Les Miserables, mm-hmm. the movie musical experience. No, you've told me this story before, okay, and I'm fucking fine with it, because that okay. movie is terrible. <laughs> but basically, like, we, um, so we, we showed up drunk, or I showed up drunk, because it's fucking Christmas, all right? Jesus wants you to be drunk. So I showed up drunk, and then I, like, I started having, we had drinks, uh, and the really cool thing is, like, you can have a drink when you start, and then you can have another drink delivered to you halfway. And so I got trashed for Les Mis and I was horrendous because I kept like every time Russell Crowe tried to sing I just laughed so hard and it was really funny because like everybody else around me is having this beautiful experience and they're all crying (laughs) and I'm crying too but it's because I'm laughing so fucking hard and I'm like I was getting angry at it I was like back the camera up and I was like yelling at the screen and I was yelling at Javert and I was yelling like and it was it was bad so yes I have been that I have been that drunk belligerent but but like I'm saying like that it's contextual it's all contextual like okay so what's like a movie that you wouldn't want me to be drunk and belligerent at I'm, I'm trying to think of one like like if you can be drunk and belligerent at Les Mis, I feel like I, like. But see, I hate. Twelve Les Mis. years of slave. I'm sorry. Was Les that Mis? like? Because it shouldn't be a musical. Oh fuck you! <laughs> All right, I'm taking off my wedding ring. It's like, a, it's a very good book. I liked the book a lot when I read it in high school. Oh, but like they just. It, okay, what if it was a musical not written by Andrew Lloyd Webber? Because I get the I get the uh, Webber hate train. Maybe, maybe I don't like, know. Like, what if it was like written by Sondheim? I feel. Oh like- my god, Les Miserables. As written I, by Stephen Sondheim. No, we are getting I on the phone to Broadway. Like musical this theater is, is not the genre to convey like human emotions. <laughs> what kind of emotions do you convey then, sir? I don't know. Musical, musical character emotions, like actual like human. I'm beings. a con man with the heart of gold. <laughs> I came to steal your money. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now I've fallen in love with your town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, like it's that music fans fine. <laughs> You know, but if it's like, oh my God, I live in like one of the worst times in history. And I'm a prostitute. Yeah, yeah. In like the revolution. Like, one of them. Like Les Mis and like Rent. Mm. Um, you know, if you're trying to do like an actual, like, like something that would work as a straight play and then you turn it into a musical. Well, Rent's a bad example because it's based off of Love O.M. It's actually like a word okay. for word. Yeah, that's true. But it that's is a, a word for word copy. Opera. Of... That's an opera. That's different. Opera is different from okay. musicals. Okay, take a take a seat, honey bear. <laughs> All right, about to lay the smackdown of knowledge on you. Which is that, lame? Not lame. La Boheme, when it came out, shocked audiences because it was so far removed. Like. I get the argument that you're trying to make, but what you're missing is essential pieces of music history, which is that when La Boheme came out, it shocked audiences everywhere because it totally eschewed all um, normal conventions of the opera. It did not start with an overture and instead just opened on like two guys hanging out in their shitty apartment and singing. That's all right. So like back it up. Mr. Like, oh, but it's an opera. I'm like, it was not considered high art when it first came out. Yeah. People were, like, afraid of La Boheme. Regardless, I mean, like, mel- but I mean is, like, melodrama is perfectly suited for opera. Okay. What I'm saying, but but musicals are not, because musicals are <laughs> cheesy. That's my point. Okay. 
That's all right. I mean, I guess I can't really argue with you. <laughs> As somebody who studied the theater arts in college, <laughs> focus on dramaturgy. <laughs> God damn it. I 19 year old me needs to go get slapped upside the head. Like, I made some poor life decisions. You know what might make a good, like, play form mm. is the movie we watched last night. Oh, yeah. Rashomon? Rashomon. Could be. Could. Wasn't it based off of a Shakespeare or no? No, Rashomon was not. A lot of Kurosawa's uh, films were, but but not Rashomon. Yeah, it was based off of another short story, but a Japanese one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I can see that. Um, it, it would... Yeah, I mean, it's got a very small cast. Mm-hmm. Um, you have very limited sets. Like, you know, cut you know, cut some of the sword fighting or something. or just oh, like No, have... you can do sword fighting. You wouldn't even have to do that. Like, the sword fighting is very simple in that movie. Like, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing is, like, there's no, like, wire work or anything required. No. <laughs> Guys, we're going to bring back uh, American theater by by writing Rashomon, the, the straight play. Right. <laughs> I can see it. It would, it would be a very good off-Broadway show. You think of, like, a one-act? Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a little long for a one act. You do like uh, like a seventy minute no intermission. <laughs> that is wow. Yeah, man, we really took a we took a detour. <laughs> you know what though? Like those kinds of plays. Like if it's a small cast and seventy minutes no intermission, like those are the the kinds of plays that uh, League of Regional Theater, Lort Theaters, mm-hmm. um, are like chomping at the bit to do because they're relatively inexpensive. And if you can do it with like one unit set then, like, you will have everybody in America, like, wanting the, the, the rights to the script. Hey, here's a fun story. You know? We started this off talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, fuck. Wow. <laughs> and now we're like, we did finish that topic. We did not. I thought we did. Wow. I thought we covered what happened. No, I mean, no, because we were talking, we were going to talk about crunch time and how, like, yeah. animators and game designers are being screwed over because yeah, yeah. they're being held to these unrealistic right. what I, um, deadlines. The point that I wanted to make, so I wanted to talk about and it. And then I went on my rant about how I was drunk and belligerent at Millie Miz. Right. And hashtag no regrets. Yeah. No. <laughs> no again, regrets. Not a very good movie. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah. Um, so my my point was, um, I wanted to start talking about this like before, like when I first heard about it. I'm like, oh shit, that's going on the docket for the podcast this week, because um, it's like right in our wheelhouse. And uh, Jack Saint today released a video, um, so I like about this topic. Um, so a, a left uh, a left tuber that Ooh. that I enjoy. Red tube. A red tube, yeah. No, red tube. That's something different. No, bread, bread tube. tube. Oh, bread, bread tube. tube. Okay. Um, yeah, bread tuber, left tuber, um, who I whose work I enjoy. Um, apparently, he did used to work as an animator. Yeah. Um, and so, like, he's he has some expertise in this. And apparently, and he he linked to um, a documentary about the studio who won the Academy Award mm. for best visual effects for Life of Pi. Huh. Who went bankrupt before they won the Oscar? What? Um, and like was explaining how these kinds of things happen. So like, not only is it oh man that's shitty for the workers and they're gonna go for a long time without seeing their family and they're gonna have to work. Chances are very good that they're going to have to work without pay because Fuck. of the way the visual effects industry works. So how uh, does it work? So the way that it works is a movie gets you know the budget for visual effects right. And they find a visual effects house. Basically, it's, it's one of these cases of, like, race for the bottom. Like, whoever can say they can do the work for the lowest amount of money, right? And so they 
give the money to the v- VFX studio, and you make the stuff. Yeah. Up to you. You have your deadline. You have your budget, and you do it. And then it gets back to the studio, and the studio goes, we don't like that. Fix it. And, well, you've already spent the money that was given to you, but you're still on contract for the work. And so now you're doing, you know, if you had a 10-month contract, you're now on month 11, month 12, month 13, with the same amount of money that was already spent at the beginning. And so those companies go into the red very quickly. So they can't, like, refuse to work and strike for it? I mean, they could, but as far as I'm aware, they don't really have a very strong union. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's surprised by that? um, And so, and again, if that does happen, then they'll, like, take them, like, like, they'll take the money to another company or, like, you know, sue them. The money's already been spent. Or or sue them (laughs) for breach of contract, for not fulfilling the work, Mm -hmm. like, that kind of stuff. Um, again, I didn't watch the actual documentary that he was sourcing most of this stuff from, but he, like it, it seems like very complicated thing. And of course, be, there's well, also um, there's also like other issues yeah. involving like they outsource a lot of this work, and so people who work for VFX studios have to move away from their families for tax purposes for like long stretches of time. Where it's like if you live in LA and your company is like, yeah, for tax purposes, your job is in Vancouver for the next year and a half. You move to Vancouver or lose your job kind of a thing. So it's even shittier than it is in a lot of the time in the video game industry when when it comes to crunch time. Because crunch time there means you're at least still getting your regular salary. Here it means the company you work for is bleeding money. And even if you do something incredible, like with Life of Pi, you might be out of job at the end of when it all is said and done. Shit. Yeah. I think there, there's also, like, a really strong correlation um, between unions and, like, jobs, like, jobs in the industry that were around in, like, the 1920s and 30s. Right. yeah, there was And a, so yeah. that's why, like, the Screen Actors Guild is really strong, and that's why, like... Who was it? Um, um, Jack, oh, uh, not Jack Saint. Um, was it Kier- Jim, no. Jim, Jim Sterling did a video about yeah, yeah, yeah. this week. Sterling did one, but there was someone else, because I watched it. Yeah, there's the someone th- else was talking slime? about it. No, not Thought Slime. Oh, Thought Slime. Yeah, Thought Slime also did one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this has been a hot topic recently. <laughs> but basically, like, if your job, like, writer or actor, was kind of around in the 1930s when unions were really popular and really strong, um, there's a good chance that your union is actually not shit. Yeah. And that if your job... Uh, more so came to rise in the 80s, you probably don't have, you don't have as strong of a union if you have one at all because of fucking Reaganomics. And, um... No, sorry. Margaret... uh, And, like, Margaret Thatcher and all those assholes from the 1980s. And so, like, there's definitely, like, a really strong... You know, so VFX, uh, visual effects, uh, people are not going to have as strong of a union as, say, like, writers whose jobs have been around since, like, the 20s and the 30s. Um, also, uh, I mean, this is today. Hey, did anyone use uh, Uber or Lyft today? Yeah. Uh, did you cross a picket line? Did you cross a picket line, scabs? scabs? Did you work, scabs? <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, Uber and Lyft were striking for yeah. free pay. I didn't realize that there was, a co- uh, not a congressperson, but a um, state representative, Lee Carter, oh, out yeah. of Northern Virginia, apparently drives for Lyft because That's he can't make surprising. it on his uh, 
general assembly salary. Oh, there is also a um, um, and a, so he was striking. Yeah, they don't they don't actually pay a lot for the general assembly. Well, which is like why we have all of these fucking millionaires yeah. because you can't take the fucking job mm-hmm. if you don't have um you can't take the fucking if job if you don't have an income. an ancillary like yeah. form of income. And I remember in in college I took a class on like government and like Virginia state government. Yeah. And like the way like they have Oh, we live in Virginia by the way. We know that. I I don't know if we made that clear. Um, (laughs) But, like, they had these two, like, staffers from, like, the state, you know, place. They were teaching the class, basically. Oh, cool. Um, And, like, most of the class was pretty cool to kind of see the different ways it all worked. But the way they basically kind of sold it to us was that, like, we don't want people to have have their occupation be that of, uh, of... a fucking politician. Yeah. Which is such a, like, you know what it is? It's a fucking holdover from when this was, like, plantation central. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, it was, like, that fucking they idea of, like... work. They yeah, just, yeah, yeah. like, you know, they, they own land. Own every asshole... Every ass- people. Yeah. 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 And every asshole thought he was Cincinnatus. Mm-hmm. And, like, I am the gentleman farmer. And it's like, shut up, Jefferson. <laughs> anyway. That was, that was actually... That was actually Washington. That was all about Cincinnati. Oh yeah, fuck but. him too. But, um, <laughs> I mean, Washington. Well. Washington at least like followed Cincinnati's example and yeah. refused to run for a third term. So I mean, you know, well. I feel like Virginia is like w- the one state in the union where people still get pissed off about decisions that were made three hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like still kept fuck those guys. Still had slaves. Still yeah, had slaves. Still hey, slaves. Yeah. probably still a rapist. Jefferson was definitely a Defin- rapist. Yeah, we Jefferson have DNA evidence, evidence that he was. Um, but in any event, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, god <laughs> scrape, damn it. Scrape that Jefferson DNA <laughs> evidence off the walls of Monticello. Oh, god. god. <laughs> <laughs> if it was um, on the walls, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if the fucker just masturbated all the time, <laughs> but we wouldn't be having these issues right now. Uh, um Oh, sorry. Alex just brought up a GIF of uh, Detective Pikachu. I think it's actually the part of the movie. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. What is that GIF? So this this is a picture. Sorry. The better animated film. Yeah, just to derail everything. Yeah, is Um, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. I mean, the the moral of the story is let, you know, Mm -hmm. let visual effects artists, like, be paid for their work. Bitches join a fucking union. Or start. I swear to fucking God. Or just wildcat strike. If you are like, if you are in a position to join your goddamn union, like join a fucking union. If you're in a position to start a fucking union, start a fucking union. Call up the IWW. They're always willing to talk to people. Um, Um, I'm sorry. That's like my soapbox, but just, just fucking, fucking join a union. Uh, motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Cut that out, Alex. <laughs> Me calling everybody motherfuckers. No, it's fine. Um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, like <laughs> let 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 people you know get paid for the work that they do mm-hmm. and don't it, demand it, that they do things that they like redo things that they've already done without additional compensation and additional time. Yeah. So Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Which got conversely, leaked. like Yeah, that that's what that video got leaked is. by Ryan Reynolds. It's it's basically <laughs> like a video that is says um what the full movie leaked and it's on yeah, by yeah. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds YouTube page. And it's basically just an hour and a half of that gif of like of Detective Pikachu, Pikachu dancing. dancing. Yeah. I love it. Which actually like got conversely, like ended up getting a lot of praise because of of how well they integrated the Pokemon into like um, real life. Because you know what they didn't do? They didn't have a bunch of fucking marketers 
do the job of visual yeah. artists. Because that's what the problem is with Sonic the Hedgehog. As they like, is they had a marketing team design the specs for that fucking monstrosity. Oh, Jesus Christ. Guys, you aren't Don Draper. Don Draper's not even Don Draper. He's a fictional character. He's a, fi a, he's a fictional character, and B, you're not supposed to admire him. Yeah, I think they make that very clear that he's an anti-hero. Who's Don Draper? The main character. Ma main character. Mad he's the madman. He's, he's the, the madman. Mad <laughs> he's the man who is mad. <laughs> Why is he so mad? Uh, um, should Because he grew up in a, a brothel and stole someone else's identity and lives in a loveless m marriage. Oh, spoiler alert for like a show that's been off the air for spoiler like Spoiler alert for like the years. first season. Fuck that. <laughs> um, Mad Men is a really good show. Um... But it definitely makes me very thankful that I don't live in the fucking yeah. 60s. Yeah, you want to see how, like, racism, sexism, capitalism, and the patriarchy all intersect? Watch Mad Men. Yeah. <laughs> but but the costumes are, like, choice. The costumes are really good. <laughs> like, like, the art like, design and costume design for that show are really we, good. If we could all just, like, wear 1960s clothing but have, like, 2019 progressive leftist politics, mm. I think, like, I think, yeah, I think I would be very happy. Yeah, that'd be fine. You know, and if we could drink at work, that'd and be if good we could too. drink at fucking work, <laughs> I'd be God fine with that damn it. too. I mean, everybody can drink at work oh if you try God. hard enough. That's yeah, true. right. I've uh, thought about it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you mean cut that out, Alex? Cut, yeah, cut that out. <laughs> cut that out, Alex. Um. All right, so that that's my thoughts on on uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. He's, he's a terrible little goblin he's man. He's blue and fast. He's and... blue and fast and no he's one's gonna... He's gonna go fast. And I don't want to go see the movie and there's no... And I'm gonna pay you to see and the movie. Ch and changing... <laughs> changing the fucking design isn't going to make this movie a hit. Like, this, this is one of those movies where, like, it is so obviously going to be... We're done talking about no. Sonic the Hedgehog. It, we're never done we're talking never done. about the Hedgehog. It's so obviously a flop from, like, the first frame of the first trailer. Fuck that. It's so obviously a flop from the first teaser poster that they released... Oh, my God. ...that I'm surprised that um, Sony Pictures isn't involved. <laughs> Like Jesus Christ! Wait, they're not. I really thought this no, was... it's Paramount. Oh. You would think that oh, from the way that like they they look like those stupid like minion like Sonic looks like those stupid little minion characters. Mm. Uh, which I think yeah, Illumination, yeah. which I think is owned by Sony. Um, that you'd think that, but it's but not. It's, it's Paramount's it's Paramount. fuck up. It's Paramount. Of course it is. Um, anyway, that wasn't the only movie that came out or that that I that I've been thinking about recently. What else are you thinking about? Um, what other movies are there? Because well, there was the movie that I that I watched uh, before last episode that uh -huh. I, we ran out of time to talk about that I kind of want to talk about now. Oh lord! <laughs> There's also the movie that we watched that I want to talk about. There is the movie that we watched. Let me let me talk about this. I'm one. going it's back like, on my phone. All right, so I watched um, I, I watched Hereditary finally. Um, oh a yeah. Few weeks back, yeah. It's really good. Um, Isn't it, like, really fucked up? Oh, it's super fucked up. Um, That's, like, the only thing that I've heard about it. Oh, my God. Is like... It is. It is gr It is probably one of the best horror movies I've ever seen, but I understand why, why modern horror audiences don't enjoy it, because there are no jump scares. There are just, like, really fucked up things that happen that you just sit there and watch, and at the end of it, you feel really bad. Um... Well, good. I'm glad you felt really bad. Yeah, yeah. no, wow. it was it was it was probably one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. But it's it's 
it puts me in this position where I'm like, I can't actually recommend the movie to anybody <laughs> because it's like, yeah, watch it. You'll feel terrible. <laughs> um, and you'll have nightmares because it has some of the most fucking disturbing visuals I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, really? Yeah. And they're like, they're subtle things. Yeah. Like, a character wakes up in his bedroom in the middle of the night, and he sits up, and it's a nice wide shot of his bedroom, and you see the character, like, sitting there in bed, like, you know, breathing hard, he's just had a nightmare, and you're watching the movie, and all of this, like, slowly but surely, you realize in the upper right-hand corner of his bedroom is a person crouched like a spider hanging over his bed, which he does not notice. And it's quiet, and you never zoom in on this character, but when the camera moves and pans around, the person who's hanging up in the corner, spider crawls quietly out of the room. And it's like, well, that's something that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Thank you, movie. But I appreciate it because it earns those scares. Like, all the scares in the movie are genuinely, like, creepy and they're like there's no like woo like 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 creepy fucking Darth Maul demon face popping out at you and with a orchestral sting blah like in a lot of the movies that have been really popular in the horror genre recently especially like the paranormal horror genre yeah. like you know your insidiouses and like things of that nature they they just kind of are allowed to be organic things in the scene which makes them even more terrifying. Mm. Um, Does it have that kind of like Slenderman kind of vibe where you're like always searching the background to try to see the not the not really because most of this movie is a family drama mm. because okay. it's about a lot of the movie is how we process grief. Um, because the movie starts with. Uh, like the grandmother of this family dying and kind of how the family is dealing with that uh -huh. trauma. Um, and you kind of learn that the grandmother was very distant from the mother. Like they didn't have the best relationship and they had been estranged for many years. And then like, as the movie goes on, you kind of start to find out more and more about the grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, and like all of the stuff that she was into and there's also there's a twist in the middle of the movie that I'm not going to spoil because even though it doesn't like it's not a twist like it's not a twist ending it's a twist like act 2 but I'm not going to spoil it because when it happened in the movie for me I was so surprised because the thing that happened when it happened I'm like well I thought I knew what this movie was going to be but the character I thought that this movie was going to center around is dead at the start of Act 2. It's like a Hitchcock thing? Kind of. And then I'm like, well, what the fuck's going to happen in the rest of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I like paused it. When, it. when that character died, I paused the movie and checked the timestamp. And I'm like, there is an hour left in this movie. How is there an hour left in this movie? The main character just died. Spoiler for the birds. No, not the birds. Uh, uh, Psycho. Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it was really, really good. And I was really on the edge of my seat through the whole thing. And again, a lot of people like didn't like it, but if you, if you're like me and you like this kind of like slow build, creepy horror, and you hate orchestral stings and you uh-huh. hate jump scares, it's like, it's probably, I know we're living in a time where horror movies, like there's getting to be really good horror movies being made. It might be the best horror movie of the last decade. Okay. And I feel like I say that like every few episodes, whenever I watch a really good one, like I think I said it about The Witch. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. They're, they're up there together. Like both of those movies, they've got a lot of themes in common. Their visual style is very similar. Um, and again, like the fact that m- like 90% of the movie is just like this vaguely supernatural family drama uh-huh. is something else that they both have in common. Um, but I, I would still give it to, to hereditary. Cause I feel like hered- when hereditary sets off, there is more crazy shit that happens uh-huh. in the last act of hereditary than in uh than in the witch and like when you finally get to the end and find out what's going on and it's just like man these people were fucked before they even knew it yeah like oh my god it's really good it's a really good movie well good i'm glad that you cannot recommend it to i us. cannot recommend it but again if you if you are willing to settle with like the the weird like unsettling visuals, settle for the unsettling. Settling, settling for the unsettling, yes. Then check it out. If you don't, if you don't go for that, then stay far, far away. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, how about a film that's far removed from unsettling? Yes, that's very much grounded in the human experience. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Rashomon now. No, I thought we were gonna talk about. Uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, fuck, yeah, we did. We had to talk about that. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, yeah, so Alex and I have taken to watching movies um, on, th- on Tuesdays. On Tuesdays because, when I go watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, when Elise goes to watch Game of Thrones. So, yeah, we've watched two movies since the last recording session. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, we've watched the two foreign language, like, that is true. Vaguely Both of them martial arts, vaguely <laughs> mystery movies. That is, I guess, true. Yeah. One is one is a classic of cinema, and the other is is a, Rashomon. A, oh. <laughs> one is a one is a classic cinema, <coughs> classic of cinema, and one is a forgotten relic of the early aughts that I'm pretty sure no one remembers in the world except for me. Except I Russell. I I think there are actors in that movie who are like, what was that movie? But um, I was drunk for most of it. Yeah. So yeah, let's start. I guess let's start with Brotherhood of the Wolf. All right, Alex. So, would you would you care to describe Brotherhood of the Wolf I, for our listeners? All right, home? I will try to describe Brotherhood of the Wolf. So Brotherhood <laughs> of the Wolf. This is a movie that Nick had seen before. Both of them are movies Nick had seen before. Yeah, yeah. Nick has seen every movie. I've um, not seen every movie, but I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> so uh, it is a French film from like 2001, 2000. 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and fresh fresh off the success of. The Matrix. Yes. And uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And which I feel like it's important to point out for for listeners at home. So this film is a period piece set in like the 1760s or 17-something yeah, like that. 1760s, yeah. And in France, where this is based 
kind of off very of the, loosely off of true events loosely off of the events that were the kind of major inspiration for the werewolf myths that we lo- know and love um where there's a beast that was you know supposedly killing people in this this small provincial town this poor Jevoudan. provincial, <laughs> this poor this provincial town provinci- anyway the beast uh, of Jevoudan yeah. for, for lore fans and uh and so they have this character who is like the royal gardener uh, that gets sent out there because he's like he's like the jack of all trades of of France. I looked it up because I could have sworn that this guy was an actual person mm-hmm. who who did actually go out to hunt down the beast of Jevudan, and apparently he was made up for the movie. Yeah, so he is apparently like someone who who like served in the colonies, and he came back, you know, after the like the the Seven Years' War with his trusty Native American sidekick. Who knows kung fu for some reason? Who knows some form of martial yeah. arts? His his trusty Native American Hawaiian. Yes. <laughs> um, the last of the Iroquois, apparently. <laughs> it's the last of the last of his. Tri- I think there's some mistranslation in the sub in the in the possibly dub, possibly because I'm pretty sure it's just, he's the last of his village. I not want the last of his tribe. I want to watch this again with a person that's like learning French and can translate it better. I'm learning French. Well, we, well, we, we watched, watched it dub. in English. Yeah. yeah, we watched it with the English dub. Um, but in any case, uh, they go out to try to, you know, basically because he, the the king wants to find out what this thing is and wants to, like, stuff it and put it on display. And so this this gardener or whatever it is, is is basically a taxidermist but knows a lot about what beasts and creatures look like and so is using his skills to try to track it down and try to find out what it is he's a natural philosopher because everyone kind of thinks it's some kind of wolf yeah and so they're hunting down like all the wolves in the entire province uh and depopulating like the entire wolf population which is a standard kind of european thing yeah. i guess and is a problem for his 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 trusty native american sidekick yeah. because Totem Be- because stuff. reasons. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's 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 pretty obvious. It's because of, like the totem thing. Like was he yeah. was talking about that in the movie, mm-hmm. and like, you know, he's always looking wistfully at the wolves whenever mm-hmm. they're being killed. Yeah, but um, his character has like three lines in the entire movie, which I suppose is fine because the actor doesn't speak French and the character is not supposed to speak, speak but very little French. So mm-hmm. anyway, anyway. Um, and then, like, halfway through, it turns into this, like, kung fu revenge movie. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's not even halfway through. It's, like, the movie is almost over. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it becomes that. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a weird but fun experience, yeah. I thought. And it's definitely, like... I don't. I don't even. It know. did not age well. <laughs> oh um, no, the kung, like the kung fu and the um the costumes. So like most of the costumes are great. Like yeah, yeah. they are spot Very on. Historically Trust accurate. us. We're like, from Virginia. Yeah. We know what the 17th century <laughs> looks like. A, a really, really like accurate 18th century costuming. Yeah. Except for like these random people who look like they're out of like <laughs> Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian or like your <laughs> hunter from the future. They're like these French barbarians that hang out in like this hunting lodge and they all got like this weird I, leather studs and, and I probably hadn't seen this movie since I was in high school. <laughs> and so like I did not really know as much about history as then and and like the first time these characters appear on screen I'm like huh that's weird. <laughs> and Alex is like where do these characters like? Who are they? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they're supposed to be like fur trappers or something. But then you find like 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 from like 
like from the Americas come back to hunt this beast. And then, like, you find an entire, like, lodge of these people. And I'm like, okay, I can no longer explain that away. And, like, even, like, even, like, what are they called? Couriers or, or like, like, Courier du Bois or whatever they were. The French fur trappers. Yeah. Like, they didn't dress like that, okay? Like, they had, like, hunting shirts. Yeah, no. And, like, maybe they had, like... You know, native leggings and things like that, but this is not that. I know, and <laughs> and I didn't think it was, but I, I was like, maybe that's, like, the explanation. Like, mm. they just wanted these, like, interesting-looking extras in the hunting scene. But then they become major characters yeah. towards the end of the movie. <laughs> They're, like, major minions. Like, well, yeah, major, major minions is probably a good way of saying mm-hmm. it. It's like, well, just who the fuck are these people? <laughs> and it's never really explained. Nope. Most of them are killed through, and it's never really explained. But, um, but yeah, so I, I've got a friend who I definitely want to show this film yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, but it's like long. It's like, th- what, like it's, three it's hours? It's like two and a half. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it feels longer than I think it actually is, is part of it, because it is an entire movie and then it stops. <laughs> and then it's And then like, a whole other movie starts. And then starts. a whole other, like, second half of another movie starts and you're like, what is this? So we were joking. It's like, well, they had this period piece about the Beast of Gerardon. Yeah. And it's like, well, how can we market this to Americans? Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Matrix yeah, it yeah. up. Yeah, Matrix was really big. Again, like, they, I, I think even more than the Matrix is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Because mm-hmm. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is specifically mentioned on the back of the DVD case. Oh, is like, it? It's a point of comparison for this movie. <laughs> and if you're unfamiliar... If you ever like, if you never went to go see Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and you just saw the previews, you think the whole thing is just like, oh, it's like people jumping around and like sword fighting on the tops of bamboo. But like, you go see the movie, and the movie is actually like a three-hour-long period piece that's like, you know, set is like a historical drama kind of a thing mm-hmm. that's got you know really spectacular martial arts fight scenes sprinkled in throughout it. But it's not the major thrust of the movie. And that's exactly what this movie is. Like, you, if you watch the trailer for it, mm-hmm. you see, like, the three or four, like, crazy martial arts fight scenes that happen in the movie. But you don't see the two hours in between those fight yeah. scenes where it's like, do you think the beast could possibly be a wolf? Mm, I doubt it. A wolf doesn't have a bite size like this. <laughs> Can I can I diverge off of that yeah, like absolutely. for a second? So there was there is another film that I saw like the trailer for. Um, so for those that haven't heard all of our episodes, there's oh, a yeah. book series called Judge D, uh, which was like written by this Dutchman from in like the the middle of the 20th century, um, based off of a historic character from Chinese actually an actual person from Chinese history, um, but had become kind of mythologized as this detective and judge in the Tang Dynasty. Um, and there's a book series that I really enjoy, and it's a lot of, like, kind of an interesting look into the legal system of the Imperial in the, of the imperial China of the Tang Dynasty. And I was looking, it's like, well, maybe there's going to be some, like, some, like, obscure Chinese period piece where it's, like, slow and plodding and kind of like, ah, oh, this is kind of like Poirot, where you've got, you know, the mystery and all that, and he's doing all the investigations. And so I look it up, and I look up, there is a movie called Detective D um, that was released apparently in 2011. 
and it's like if so you've seen you've seen the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you see how they had that thing where he was like a pugilist for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's like they did that, but then they didn't stop. <laughs> okay. And they made it into a Chinese martial arts film he's, where he's fighting like he's see, a punch detective. He's, he's, a, he's a punch detective. I like punch detectives. He's movies. like they're good. He's like kung fu fighting this like sexy female ninja or something. Okay. Uh, and there's at some point, like, this giant CGI, like, statue that comes to crush them. What? And they're, like, jumping off of bamboo stick. It's just, like, but he's, like, this old, like, detective kind of, like, like, big white beard and all okay. that. Okay. I need. We need I'm to watch this. this. Like I'm after the this. after this, we need to watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This um absolutely, trailer. Absolutely. But like, I'm wondering. Like now that we're talking about this, I'm wondering if it's like if it isn't actually like a more accurate like Judge D story. <laughs> it just but they has just... like three fight scenes, that <laughs> and they they've just... made that into the thing. It, it's entirely possible. Because again, when when I I mean I saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in theaters, I think, mm-hmm. and then I bought the brotherhood of the wolf on dvd like as soon as i could because i missed it in theaters um like in both of those cases it was like oh man i'm here for this exciting kung fu action film in in your vein of the matrix what i just which i just saw a year or two ago depending on which movie you're talking about and it was neither of those movies (laughs) like again like brotherhood of the wolf has like four fight scenes (laughs) And most of them happen in, like, the last, like, half hour of the movie. You get one in early. Like, they do you get, get one, one in, early. in, like, first they scene. They get one in, like, the very, like, the, the scene where you're introduced to our protagonists, the, the, the Native American sidekick character, Manny. Manny, this is his name. Manny jumps off of his horse and beats up some ruffians. Actually, it wasn't Manny that did it. it yes, was, it was. No, Manny's on the horse, like, No, waiting. he's not. No, Ma- yeah, because he's the one, like, he's not the one wearing the big... No, it's 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 the main guy. Like I remember distinctly his weird ass looking coat. No, they both have weird coats. Cuz the main the main character is sitting cuz that's the thing is you don't know the main character is a badass until the end. Mhm. Is is Manny is the one who's beating up all the other characters when they're being ruffians cuz you know, he's he's the sidekick. I thought it was the other one. No, and it's also because Manny is the actual martial artist. Like that's mm-hmm. why that actor was cast. Uh. He is a he is a martial artist in real life. The other guy, they just had to be, like, have him, like, do a few things in, like, the last half hour. But all the other, like, crazy fight scenes, it's all that actor. Because he's, like, yeah. And, because remember, he's, the, the, the main character is still up on his horse at the end of it. And he's like, what did this man do? You know? Mm. And then he gets up off this horse and, like, takes the coin purse and, like, pays the guy and that stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so it yeah. was the first scene of a two and a half yeah, hour the movie that we saw two, two weeks two ago. Weeks ago. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was that's Brotherhood of the Wolf. It's it's very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like I know it doesn't sound weird, but I'm, we're leaving a lot of the weirdness out intentionally. Intentionally, because if you do, if if it does sound intriguing to you, when you get to the last thirty minutes and like there's weird CGI bullshit and like crazy conspiracy stuff. It's just, it's worth it to kind of go in relatively un, untarnished with yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, totally recommend it. Uh, and then we also watched uh, this just yesterday. Uh, we watched Rashomon. Alex, mm-hmm. what did you think of Rashomon? Rashomon I liked. And like I said earlier, I think Rashomon, like the... I wouldn't say it's like a closed set. There's like two or three sets. The, you could do... You could 
go with this as a one act if you basically like set up three different stages mm -hmm. and just had the actors go between them. Yeah. Like it would be a great kind of like stage performance, I think. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it was it was really good. It's my first um exposure to uh Kurosawa. Yep. Um I wanted to watch uh, Seven Samurai, but it's like three and a half hours long, yeah. and we didn't have that time. And I also don't own it. We can rent it for like th two bucks. Uh, it would be. It is one of the movies that has been on my. I need to own this on like a physical media mm -hmm. list for a long time, but I just. But yeah, no, it it was Criterion good. Collection Blu-rays are expensive, <laughs> and I don't make money. <laughs> but um. But yeah, no, like I like. For those unfamiliar with it, basically, it's um, it's kind of a, a it's set in Medias Res with these three characters: a priest, a woodcutter, and a somebody um, who are standing underneath a gate to the city of Rashomon, discussing this court proceeding that happened just a couple days ago. Well, uh, it was earlier. That it was day. earlier that day. Yeah, uh, and which the woodcutter had gone into the woods and found a man who was dead. And the priest had witnessed him alive, like, earlier that the day. This is, like, three days past. And then, like, they're telling the story to this, this, third, this character. third character about the court proceedings. So they were involved because they were witnesses. And they heard the testimony of the, um, the basically, the person that killed him, which, mm -hmm. or the person that... The bandit. The bandit. Um, uh, the, 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 the man's, man's wife. wife. And, and then the murdered, the murdered man himself through the use of a medium. Yeah. And so each one of these testimonies contradict each other. Um, if I can do a light spoiler, each one of them is, like, claiming to have been the one to kill the the, the person. Yeah. Because, like, like, the bandit claims that he killed him. The wife claims that, he, that she accidentally killed him, like, fainting with the knife in her hand. And then, like, the dead man claims that he committed seppuku. And then, like... Later, there's another testimony that comes out, like, at the very end, so I won't talk about that one. But in any case, like, they all contradict each other, and I'm still a bit unclear yeah. as to which one... You don't know who, like, what actually what happened. What actually happened. That's the whole point of the movie. Yeah. Because everyone has their own version of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. poor Shinto priest is just, like, losing hope in humanity with every story. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it was his first, I believe it was his first movie. It was at least his first movie. To it wasn't his first movie. It was the first movie to find success in the West. It was like kind of what made his name as a filmmaker in the United States. Perhaps. I don't know. Um, probably. Uh, he did make movies before that one. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was, that was the first one that get in like international acclaim. <laughs> um, it's really good. I mean, it's a classic of modern cinema. The, it's not terribly long compared to some of his other movies. Like, you were complaining about the aspect ratio. Um, I wasn't complaining about the aspect ratio. I was just surprised at what it was. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was worried that my DVD was like, oh, did I accidentally buy a, a full screen DVD? Because it, again, had been several years since I last watched the movie, and you know, I didn't own a widescreen TV when I first bought it. So I'm like, oh, did I accidentally get it full screen? But apparently, that is the actual aspect ratio. So I'm mm -hmm. fine with that. Um, it is, yeah, it is a little bit weird because it's like not exactly like a TV aspect ratio, but it is clearly meant to be in that ratio, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, it's it's no Ron, it's no Seven Samurai, but compared, you know, he definitely like Ron is amazing because it's like three hours long, you just kind of watch it on, like, watch all the colors, 
run across the screen during the battle scenes. Mm. Um, black, he does really great black and white cinematography, but I, I think he definitely like benefits from adding color. Like, cause he's so good with it. Hmm. Well, I'll have to watch more and find out for yeah. myself. Um, you would actually probably really appreciate the stuff that he did when he was living in the Soviet Union. Mm. Um, like, like red beard. Um, I can't remember what the other ones were, but yeah. Uh, he also apparently made some films during the war. Oh, I wouldn't, I, I'm not. Yeah. I, like, like in 43, 44. Like he made a couple, like he made a period, a period piece in forty three, mm-hmm. um, and then in like forty four he made like a, he was like tasked with making a propaganda film. Yeah, um, not surprising. But but yeah, so those those were like his first films, um, which is how I knew that. Gotcha, gotcha. Was yeah, no, I I, I I I was about to say it wasn't like I didn't know it was necessarily his first film, but I do know it was the first one that like got released internationally and basically made his name as a filmmaker worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, we are at the like 52 minute mark, yeah. give or take. And we now are going to be talking about Edamame Endgame. Endgame. <laughs> um, so is there any, before we do that, is there anything else we want to touch? I, I think that's it. At I least? mean, okay. So like I have thoughts on game of Thrones. Okay. But I know Nick doesn't want to be spoiled. I, I don't want to be spoiled. But so can you, you can't what? Answer me this. Okay. Does Real it business? suck now? Because I've heard it sucks now. Oh I've yeah, heard. no, it's pretty shitty. Okay. Like some really shitty. Not like I don't know. It's it's a little it's a little predictable. Um. So like I have some pretty good ideas about what I think is gonna happen, and so far I haven't been wrong. So. Um, I think so. Like, okay, so like everybody I work with fucking watches Game of Thrones. Um, I don't know, and so it's, it's the water cooler talk. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the water cooler talk, and I remember like talking to a coworker, and he was just like, "Yeah, you know, um, about episode three and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, they like set it up to be this like really big twist, but he's like." Halfway through that episode, like I called what the big twist was gonna be, and he was like, "And I was right." And I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of what it's been so far. Um, it's interesting to see who's getting a happy ending and who is definitely not. Mm-hmm. And I I have thoughts and I have feelings and I have things that have currently enraged me about the the this season. I will say, and this is kind of a minor spoiler. Um, so like the the showrunners are basically like on their own at this point because George R. R. Martin hasn't written up to this point. George R. R. Martin's too busy standing for Joe Biden. Right. Motherfucker. Anyway. Um, remember how like, I think it was like last episode we were talking, talking shit about how like the, the showrunners of Game of Thrones had pitched Confederate. Yeah, yeah, that was last episode. Um, that is not as tone deaf as they get about race. Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it is very clear, like as you are watching, and more so than in other seasons. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're no longer, like George R. R. Martin has a hand in the plot, and like is kind of guiding them through it. But it's, it, they're kind of off the rails, and. All of the cracks in their white dude broness 
are fucking showing right now. Mm. And I think that's what's frustrating about this season. So, so the thing that I was hearing just today on the Super uh-huh. Best Friend cast, because Wooly was talking about how Super much it sucks now. Castle oh, Super oh Beast. yeah, Castle Super Beast now. Whatever. Wooly was talking about how much it sucks now. Um, and, and he was basically saying that, like, there's a thing that happens in the latest episode where essentially Superman forgets that kryptonite exists. And he says, like, in the episodes now, like, they go straight into, like, behind the scenes of Game of Thrones, like, right after the credits roll. And so, like, with this one, you hard cut from that to basically D&D saying, yeah, the character kind of forgot that this car- that this thing exists. And that's, like, that's the explanation, is, like, the character just forgot about it. Is that... Is that accurate? I'm trying to think. Was he referring to episode I, three or episode the four? The most recent episode. That was like, episode four? I guess, yeah. That was the one that showed just on Sunday? Yes. Was that where they forgot about the coffee cup? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't think of what they're referring to specifically. If it was about episode three, then hell yeah, I know what they're fucking referring to. He was saying um, that episode three was when they were like started shitting the bed, and then like episode four it just got worse. No, episode four has just fucking gone off the rails. Um, it just yeah, no, like they're fucking they're white dude bros who are out of their depth, and them trying to write for women, trying to write for the three people of color who have fucking lines in this show. Um, it it's it's just a cobbled together mess, and everyone's characterization is kind of off and like everyone, you know what I mean? Like everyone's like almost becoming a caricature of themselves. And there's, there's certain seeds that they're planting, but they're planting them so heavily that it just feels like that's not going to germinate. Yeah. Well, no, less than that, more than it's just, it's really fucking obvious. You know what I mean? Going back to the conversation. I thought you were doing like a planting no, no, no. 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 Okay. Like, you know, like, I'm not planting the seed gently to re- let it ruminate. I am, like, throwing fucking seeds at you <laughs> and being like, this is what's going to happen. And it's like, yes, because I am I'm not smart enough to figure this out on my own. Thank you for fucking handing it to me. And I think that's that's where. And it was actually like my coworker was saying, like, he was he felt kind of insulted by this season. Mm. Like it was. You know, like, the twist was so obvious, and he's like, do you not expect me to figure it out? Like, do you not expect me to, like, come to this understanding my own? He's like, I, you know, prefer having a little bit of mystery, and it's, like, it's all kind of gone, you know? And it's, like, it's just it's just more heavy-handed than previous seasons. Well, it sounds... Um, Sounds like you're going to have to watch it and we can talk yeah. about it in more detail. I mean, yeah. we have HBO Go. Yeah. I mean, you could just skip over um, where you left off and just watch. I think if you if you watch the last season, if you watch the last um, episode of season seven, you can just go I, into this. Yeah, but I want to go back to when the show was good and like kind of chart the downfall. Okay, but I want to talk about okay. it. Yeah, and, and like, we don't want to be talking about this in like very October. coded terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, I'll, I'll get caught up on it at some point. Ugh, whatever. So we're going to come back to this in October yeah. when it's done. Yeah. yeah. When it's and no longer we'll topical. Like, yeah. Everyone's fine. already has their takes. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it's just I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna 
venture a guess here. Yeah. Is the answer time travel? Um, sort of. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, now I know what they're fucking talking about. Yeah, no, fuck, oh my fucking god. Okay. No, I now I know exactly what they're fucking talking about, and it's just like, you dipshits. Yeah. Like, like you, you fucking dipshits. Like, no. you really just shat the bed there. Well, now I'm just even more confused. I know. No, it's just, there's, I, I know what they're referring to, and Wooly is absolutely right. Like, they're fucking morons. <laughs> they're just fucking morons. Well, you'll have to tell me um, off the podcast. What, like, I don't know. One kind of minor... And I already told you about this last night. Okay. But, like, for the listeners at home who are following the series, um, at one point, like, Sansa and the Hound are having this, like, really... This is this is how fucking off the rails this show has gotten. All right. Is, um, and, like, nobody gives a shit anymore. Is Sansa and the Hound are having this, like, really intense conversation. Oh, yeah. And directly in the background is, like, fucking Podrick chatting up a couple of girls and then you see him leave with both the girls like off screen and you're just like and they're like ah, like they're totally flirting and I'm like in the middle of this really fucking intense conversation and you just see this like if you watch in the background you just see this whole like threesome happening it's this, it's, and it's just it's like the homage to go that. fuck yourself it's, go fuck yourself it's the homage you know? to that episode of Community where there's an entire B subplot yeah with, yeah uh, with with Abed, with Abed like de- delivering a baby, yeah, befriending that pregnant lady yeah. in the background of every scene, yeah, yeah, no, but it's like it's so fucking weird because they're having this like really intense conversation and it's about like Sansa's character arc and like their relationship and their relationship being resolved and you know and it's like a kind of a I don't know it's it's weird in some regards and a lot of female fans in particular had a lot of problems with the way that the certain things were phrased. Um, see, this is really hard to talk about when I'm, like, trying to, like, dance around spoilers for you. No, so sorry. watch the um, episodes. So fucking watch the episodes, bitch. Or don't give I a I love shit. you. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, exactly. Like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're having this, like, really, like, interesting conversation. A lot of, like, well, you know that she was. We don't know anything he does or does not know. Oh, I don't know anything that happens after book five. Does she marry Ramsey in book, set, book five? Nope. Thank you. Sorry. Shit. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Okay. So never mind. Like they're having this like really intense conversation and it's a lot about like, and and that was also kind of handled poorly. And that why was also kind of toned up. Why don't we, well, okay. Why okay, don't we. Go, Nicholas, go to the bathroom. Or we could just Nicholas, like no, move go, on from this no, go, topic. Go, and talk go, about go, go to the bathroom. Yeah, go to the bathroom. Let's go into the office. Well, let's, could we just move on to the next Fine, we'll just move on to the next topic. God forbid that Elise talks about something that she wants to talk about. All right, how about this? How about this? All right. Nick. Yes. You have to catch up. By the time we record our next episode, I, I'm not going to get watch two weeks. seven episodes or seven seasons of a TV. You're not going to watch seven seasons. You just have to watch. I'm the not last... doing that. Oh my god! Well, oh my god! Well, then let's talk about now. Right. Thank you. If you're not going to do it, that's like the compromise. Like we could not talk about this now, and you could talk about it next episode, or we could talk about it right now, and you can get spoiled on it. Or you could just go to the bathroom. Or you could just, we could move on uh, to the next thing. Fine. I mean, I had to listen to you guys talk about Rashomon for like fucking ever. For like five minutes. It was, it was longer than five minutes. <laughs> you guys got to the 52 minute mark of our podcast. I'm sorry. Alex, you should probably cut out this whole domestic <laughs> dispute. 
that's the theme of this episode yeah. is Alex cut that yeah. out yeah. Um, <laughs> like take, take this out mute this part anyway uh. alright fine I guess we won't have that conversation that the entire internet is having right now are they? Because I'm Femme not... Twitter. Femme Twitter is having a very s- in-depth conversation I'm about seeing very Hound little, and Sansa. I'm seeing very little about Game of Thrones right now. It's because you're it also sucks. trying to avoid it. No, I'm not even really trying that hard. I'm just like... I don't know. I'm seeing people say how much it sucks. And like vague little allusions to what's going on. But... What? Nothing. It's fine. <laughs> It's an important moment for women, but I guess we won't talk about it on our podcast. Is it this this show run by two white men? Is it? I mean, it's an important moment for how they're fucking all the women characters over, and they're handling it in a really tone deaf way. They've been doing that for like season since like season one. Okay, but like this one was especially egregious, and the fact that like fucking Padraig is getting his threesome on in the background (laughs) of it is just really like fuck you. Like it's just a big middle finger. Okay. Um. Anyway. Then that's that's what needs to be said. All right, then. Then that's what I'm saying about it. Okay. We'll move on. <laughs> Love you. What? Uh, I'll explain to Alex after the podcast wraps. Okay. And then and then Alex will be the judge as to whether or not this conversation was completely warranted. All right. Well, we're at the hour mark and we still haven't talked about Endgame. <laughs> so, about stuff. We just I said we haven't talked about, about Endgame. Endgame. Oh, I thought you said anything. Um, yeah, okay. Well, All right. So, after this Endgame. point, there's nothing else we need to talk about. It's just about Endgame. It's so just if you about Avengers Don't Endgame. give a shit about spoilers. Just keep like me. Yeah. Just keep listening. Um so I kind of feel bad because I remember, like, the night before we went to go see it, we were like, oh, Alex, you could come see it with us. And then we, like, went without you because we're horrible friends. Well, I also <laughs> thought that you weren't interested. Yeah. But, but your response sounded like you weren't interested in going to see it. So I was like, all right. But I have to tell you, you could you not have not seen have this movie. You would not understood what was going on. <laughs> like, I love you. You would not. Like, oh, it is a direct sequel to Infinity I- Wars. So even if you've seen other Marvel movies, if you didn't see Infinity Wars, you will have no fucking idea what is I going heard on in your, I heard your, like, 70-minute rant about it yeah. last time we talked about. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I mean, maybe you would be caught up on it. But, um, but you would have... To, I will say, you have to see have seen everything in any movie that is named Avengers to really get what's happening in this one. Which is fine, because it's the fourth Avengers movie. I saw the first one. Okay. Then you. I mean, you like Avengers. I don't know if that's true because Avengers: Affinity Wars was the only one that I had seen, uh, and true. so certain character moments didn't resonate with me. Like right. anything with Hawkeye, I was like, "Who the fuck are you? You never yeah. got a movie." That's that's like, what I, that's what I mean. In order to like really get like a lot of the important character stuff that I enjoyed in this movie, you had to have seen all the Avengers movies because they're the only ones with fucking Hawkeye in it, right? And like, well, no, he's in the first Thor movie. Okay. It's like a cameo in the first yeah movie. but he's in it, <laughs> he's in it. <laughs> that's but where he's anyway, um it's just one of those like so so anything with him like really didn't resonate that much with me because like i hadn't spent a lot of time with this character and like he's referenced in all the other movies but like the only the only plot development that he gets or character development he gets is really in avengers and avengers uh age of ultron um yeah you know like, Natasha appears in, like, Black Widow appears in um, Winter Soldier, and she appears in Civil War and 
So, like, her character beats, like, really resonated with me. Spoiler alert, she fucking dies. Yeah. Um, which was fucking bullshit. And now she's getting, like, her own movie? So, like, how the fuck is that going to fucking work? I don't know. Um, but she's still know. slated to get her own movie. Spider-Man died at the last one, and he's getting his own movie. Well, okay. Okay, she... anybody that got dusted is back. Yeah. Like, everyone who got dusted is back, which you fucking knew. Yeah. You fucking knew at the end of Infinity Wars that all those bitches were coming back. So this is one of the things that I want to talk about uh-huh. with this movie is that we that was one of the big things we complained about with Infinity Wars. Yeah. It's like we knew go like we know going like getting out of that theater that it was completely pointless cuz like it's just going to be reset with the next one. Yeah. Like Here's, and you knew at the end, of, and we went in this in our rant, which yeah. you can go through our archives and listen to if you want to, if you hate yourself. Um, but, like, you knew at the end of Infinity Wars, going into Endgame, you, you knew everybody who got dusted was coming back, and you knew Captain America and Iron Man were going to die in Endgame. Or at the very least, like, something would happen to them that would make them retire. The only, the only death that was genuinely surprising was Natasha's. Yeah. Um, and that one, it's like, because she had her own solo movie slated, it was one of those things where you felt like, okay, she's going to be fine. But now it's like, are they canceling the Black Widow? Are they going forward with it? It was like, just, it was just the, the project title, like project yeah. title, yeah, Black yeah. Widow, but it's actually or like, like a, it's a prequel movie or who the fuck knows. I'm like, why do I care about watching a prequel movie? If I know like she's, she dies throwing herself off, the cliff and Burmere, so that way they can get the fucking um, soul, soul stone. stone. I don't know. The two of you seem to have like negative opinions of prequel movies in general. Yeah, eh. but like, if there's a story to tell, like but there who- there is a story to tell. It's the story that's in the movie that's made first. Anything that happens before that's not relevant to the story. I mean. Things happen in my life before you met me right. that still are stories. Yeah, but your they're not relevant. But your life's not a us. story. <laughs> right? That's what, that's what I'm saying. If there were things that was important in the story before the story, they would have made that story first. Again, I don't think that the like blanket prequel hate is necessarily warranted. Okay, I think that there are still ways that you can make it work. There, because like the story, like the the timeline that we are currently at, sure, like that's a concurrent, like that's a timeline, that's a story that's kind of constantly progressing. But there are a lot of tales, a lot of stories that can be told throughout a character's whole life, and sometimes it's not relevant to what's happening right now, and sometimes that can be an interesting story in and of itself. But it it. Like it, it, you can divorce it at from it, the timeline. And if you're still looking it at it in terms of an arc, though, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, like that's what, that's the that's what bothers me is because Natasha has already like grown and developed and ended as a character. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling me that I like, and this is kind of the same problem that I had with Han Solo, is like I know what fucking Han Solo's character arc is. So like. There's no, this is the problem with prequels, is there's no way for this character to grow. Because I know how this character grows. Or if the character grows, or if the character does grow, it's just, how does he end up up being as this character? And it's like... I don't know if I care. Yeah. I don't know if I care. And, like, you have to convince, you know know what I mean? it's, it's, It's the same way that, like, standalone stories with the same character can work. Like, stories that are, like, like even, like, comics. 
that are unconnected mm-hmm. from an ongoing plot, you're still, like, able to tell a story with this character. Right, but com- I, I would say that comics by their nature are different because they are a, a continuous medium. Like, you're constantly telling stories with the same characters, and those con- same characters are constantly, like, changing and evolving, or even if they're not evolving within that particular story, like, you still know where they're at at that point in time. And how is that any different from the, this Marvel Cinematic Universe? The difference is that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has a beginning, middle, and an end. And all the characters within them have a beginning, middle, and an end. The beginning is the first time that they appear on screen. And so, like, that's... When you go back... The problem that I have is when you go back and start from the... From before the beginning... It doesn't have to be from before the yeah, beginning. Yeah, no, but if that's what, but that's it's, what it's a prequel a, is. It's that's before, what I have a problem. like... It's before the introduction of the character. Yeah. Then then it's... If you went back and did, like... Like something from the middle. Like, why not something from but then the... Then that wouldn't be a prequel, and I wouldn't have a problem with that. <laughs> Semantics. All right, look. <laughs> no, but it's... It's, it's just... You have to... You either have to, like, undo a lot of character growth. But that that's my thing, is, like, it, it just to go back to the... You know, I already know what this character arc is. I know who they were in the inception of the... At the, the start of the plot. I know who they become. And I've already seen this journey. And so if you're doing a prequel that focuses on one character, I'm just not invested because I've already seen the journey of this character. I've already seen this character grow and develop. So either you have to go through and undo a bunch of development or you have a stagnant character who doesn't grow. And neither one of those things I feel very satisfied as somebody who's interested in character-driven narratives. What she said. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, whatever. Keep talking about your show that you watched. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, so Natasha dies... Um, which was also kind of bullshit. So she died so Hawkeye could, because Hawkeye has more value as a person because he's got a family and Natasha can't make babies and therefore is like, you know, not a good woman. Did Joss Whedon write this one? Uh, uh, no, but that was a plot point from the second movie, which he did write. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was, that, and I kind of I made that joke to Elise yeah. afterwards. It's like, well, obviously, because... Okay, so the scene... Okay, so what ends up happening with, with Hawkeye and Natasha? Um, they go to get the Soul Stone, which in Infinity War is... You, you find out that in order to get the Soul Stone, you have to sacrifice something that you love. And this was the bullshit scene. In fairness to, the, to this movie, this scene was like a million times better than yeah. the scene where Thanos kills Gamora. Yeah. Because Thanos doesn't actually love Gamora, and so I still think it's bullshit that he gets the Soul Stone for it. Because Thanos is a bitch basic character. Yeah. Um, and man, this movie is so much better for the fact that he's dead for like three quarters of it. Oh my god. The fact that he dies in the first fifteen uh, minutes. And then like you is don't really think you don't focus on his boring, stupid plan for an oh entire two hour movie. Oh my god, that is movie. like riddled with holes. Yeah. Anyway, riddled with holes. Um, our, our review of, of Endgame is just going back to talking about how much we hate Infinity War. <laughs> but Endgame, in, I will say Endgame almost makes how terrible Infinity War was, was like, worth it. I don't know, because I feel like you could have distilled I, all of Infinity Wars down to 10 minutes I and just added 10 minutes feel to the, like, you're like, I've already, right? like, fucking you're, committed yeah, to, three like, hours. three hours. Like, what's yeah. three hours and 10 minutes? That's like, true. I don't give a shit. Yeah, make it three and, you and a half, you know? Yeah, like, just, like, just fully commit. 
do you like distill all of because like I don't give a shit about how they get how he gets the infinity stones because I don't give a shit about this character because he's a shitty fucking character yeah. who's stagnant and has a terrible plot hole written idea yeah and so like I don't give a shit and so like if he had just had like he had the fucking gauntlet he goes snap yeah you know what I mean all well, these characters die and then the red, like, I really feel like we could have just completely skipped or, over Infinity like, War. if you had started, like, in Medias Res with, like, the end of Infinity War where, like, everything's going to shit. Yeah, and yeah, And then, yeah. like, since, spoiler alert for, well, I mean, we're already in spoilers. And most of Endgame's plot involves the characters going back in time. Yeah. Um, and, like, stopping all, the basically undoing everything that happened in Infinity War. Yeah. Um, which... So really, anyone with two functioning brain cells could have figured out by the end of Infinity War. Yeah, <laughs> or even partway through Infinity War, where uh, Doctor Strange is like, "Oh, this is the only way that can work." Here, Thanos, take the stone. Like, well, then yeah. you know how the next movie and a half is going to play out. Yeah. Um. Um. So I really, I really felt like we could have just distilled all of that action down into 10, 15 minutes added it to the length of Endgame, and I would have been much, much fucking happier. But regardless, I mean, I still think that Endgame was really good. And yeah. one, one of the instances in which I think that it's really good is that scene between Natasha and... Um, Hawkeye. And, and Hawkeye, yeah. Um, Cliff, that was his name. Yeah. Um, and so the reason for that is because if you have seen all the Avengers movies, you know, like, like Natasha and Hawkeye really do care about each other as friends and colleagues. And it's a really, like, nice, wholesome male-female friendship. And, like, without... like, And there's some sexual tension in the first movie, but it's kind of retconned in the second movie as just, like, the, no, this is just, like, their banter kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, when you find out that Hawkeye has a family who he loves very much. Um, and so they have to go to this place, and they don't know that you have to sacrifice something that you love to, to get the soul stone. And so they're like, okay, well, you know which one of us it has to be. Right. And basically, they then start, this then starts a fight scene between the two of them. Not where one is trying to kill the other one, but where the they're trying to incapacitate the other one so that they can kill themselves. And spare the other one from having to die. Um, which is really effective. And, like, because of the way that Hawkeye's character is, is developing in this movie, because beyond all rational statistical thought somehow hawkeye loses all of his entire family when thanos yeah. snaps and goes crazy statistics is weird like that yeah it's i don't know and they, they keep kind of changing the way that it works because at first they say it's like half of you know, sentient life and then half of all life in which case i'm like well how come we didn't just lose all ants then? Or something or like, like why didn't we lose half the fucking trees? Yeah. And then everybody, and then your plot doesn't even, your plan doesn't even fucking work, Thanos, because now we're working with half the fucking resources. Well, you fucking idiot. Okay. Regardless. Sorry. Regardless. I have a lot of feelings about Thanos being a goddamn fedora wearing yeah. neckbeard. He's, he's a Malthusian who doesn't understand how the actual world works. Yeah. It's it's dumb. We didn't have like, to spend an entire movie on it. You could have just fucking ended capitalism yeah. and hey, <laughs> you would have, you know. Um, but in any event, twice as far. in any event, that scene ended up like, cause I suspected that, okay, well, Hawkeye is going to kill himself because, you know, he's done so much, ter so many terrible things after the death of his family. Cause it, it jumps ahead five years and he's become like this vigilante murderer going around killing 
like uh, drug syndicates and yakuza bosses. It was Which, probably oh the best sequence in the movie. There's yeah. like a five minute sequence where he just takes out an entire chapter of the the yakuza. So speaking of a movie, like, speaking of a movie that would be like not a prequel but like a we're going back. Would you watch a Ronin movie set I, in that I setting? I would watch a Ronin movie. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. No, and then I like I remember like leaning over to Nick at one point. I was like, "Why isn't the whole movie just this?" Yeah. Like, why isn't the whole movie just like watch Hawkeye uh, maraud around the world, killing drug cartels? Because yeah. that that would make me happy. And his reasoning is kind of stupid. It's basically like, my family died, but you fuckers lived, so I'm going to kill all I of you. I can see it. Again, again, if you have seen the other Avengers movies, like, in uh, in Age of Ultron, like, probably the one redeeming thing about Age of Ultron is they do actually give Hawkeye a character in that movie. Well, that's nice. Um, Good for him. Uh, and there's, like, a large section of the movie that's, like, about him and his family. And, like, because the, the rest of the Avengers are kind of on the run and in hiding. Yeah. And so they they hide out at his like family farm, and so it's like that's a big deal. And so you see how important his family is to him, and so you kind of get like then why that is. Um, and so my whole thought was, well, he doesn't want to see his family now. Like he's he's sinned too much, and he's kind of said that essentially yeah. to Natasha. Like, don't you, when she first tells him of the plan to go back in time and fix everything, he says, "Don't you give me hope because I've basically I've given up too much of myself for this to work." Um, and so obviously I'm like, okay, oh, Hawkeye's going to kill himself. And when, and he does jump and then Black Widow jumps after him and catches him. Oh no, it's the other way around. Black Widow jumps and then Hawkeye jumps after her and catches her, but basically can't pull her back up. And so he has to let her go. Um, I, I thought it was just way, way better version of that scene. Yeah. Than what we saw with Thanos and Gamora because he doesn't love Gamora. He thinks he loves Gamora, but he doesn't actually love her. And I feel like that, and that would have been a much, been... and we talk about this in our rant and yeah. our 70 minute rant, but the much better version of that scene is he gives up Gamora and then realizes that he doesn't actually get the yeah. soul stone and, at all. And then has to get, or it like has to do something else yeah. in order to get it. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did I want to talk about with, with infinity war? Cause it, again, Oh, not infinity war, but um, end game. Cause end game was really good it was and, and i think the reason for it is that the characters are better because in, in well because they focus on fewer characters and so everybody gets an arc yeah and everyone's arc like is is meaningful and there's that five year time gap where you see how much the death of like how much their failure has affected the team and so it becomes a redemption story and you become very invested in the redemption of each of the characters because each character takes their failure in a different way. Um, and I, I really got invested in that because they do focus on minimal characters. All of them are complex with the exception of maybe Ant-Man. Yeah. Who in fairness, I'm not really invested in because the only thing I've ever seen him in was civil war where he's basically just a punchline there too. Yeah. Um. Because I haven't seen either of the. Ant you know movies. what though? It it kind of made me want to go see one of the Ant Man movies. It kind of did make me want to go know? see it, but then I remembered I'd have to watch an entire Ant Man movie. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, like the Ant Ant Man and Captain Marvel are the only characters who are like shoehorned in as being important in this movie who don't really have an arc in. Yeah. 
at least in the Avengers movies. I'm sure, like, they do in their own movies, but I haven't seen them yet, so. Yeah. And especially with Captain Marvel, since that just came out, you know, it's it was a little bit hard for me to go see it. Um, but the the thing that I will say, and, like, going, kind of going back to, like, you know, going into Infinity War, you knew how it was going to end, right? Yeah. Um, or you at least knew, like, oh, well, with the way that it ends, you know that the next movie is going to undo all that, so what the fuck was even the point? Uh, going out of Endgame, I was thinking about how much better and how much more excited people would have been if there hadn't been any sort of news about any Marvel movies in the works after Endgame. If, like, or, like, you know, if you thought Infinity War and Endgame were going to be, like, the end of the series, which Endgame could totally be. It works really well as an end to this 24 yeah. long movie series. Uh, a 20, you know, 24 movie long series. So, does that mean we're all going to stop watching Marvel movies? Well, what I'm saying is I think it would have worked better if they had not, like, kept everything under wraps. Hmm. And then... And then, like, at the end credits, here's all the new movies or, coming out. Or no, not even, not even all at the end credits. Like, if I were... If I sold my soul and was in charge of Disney marketing, okay? So, in this terrible, bizarro universe, mm-hmm. this is the way that I would We'd do get it. a lot more weird movies. I'd know that for sure. Oh, that's, that's definitely true. Um, David Lynch would be getting yeah. his own, like, print, <sighs> Disney princess Dude, movie. Dude, yes. Um, David Lynch directs the live action Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Um, no, but but the way that I would do it, like you're not even like making movies, just marketing them. Mm-hmm. Zero news, none whatsoever about anything, any Marvel movies coming out after Endgame. Endgame comes out. You wait a week. You drop the first Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Yeah. And be like, guess what, this fuckers, that's coming out this summer. Like everyone would be so hyped. Yeah. As opposed to, well, Spider-Man died at Infinity War, but I know it's not going to stick because they're, they're already advertising the next Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Like, this is the case of capitalism ruining the art. Like, like the movie as product ruins the movie as movie. Yes. Yo. All right, Consum- we're boring, Alex, so we should probably wrap this discussion <sighs> Sorry. up. Sorry. Consume product, then get excited for next product. Yeah. Like... If they weren't in that cycle of consume product, then get excited for next product, the products would be better. Like, most of my complaints about Infinity War, not most, like, quite a a bit of my complaints about Infinity War was like, well, what the fuck was the point? And I'm sorry, if you cried when Tony Stark died, because I know some people did, when, if you cried when Tony Stark died at the end of Endgame, are you an actual child who doesn't understand stories? That's a little rude. Is it? That's pretty That's, rude. Like, Nick. like a lot of people, like a lot of people, I think had a genuine like emotional reaction to it. But why? Because they were invested in the fucking character. Right. But again. Do you not understand? Did you not know? It'd be like crying when the boat hits the iceberg in Titanic. And bitches cried when the boat hit the iceberg. And I don't understand that either. Because characterization and character beats. You heartless, heartless fiend. But you know what's gonna happen going into it. Why would you care? Because because not everyone anyway. Because not everyone is 
an English major. <laughs> Not everyone like focuses on the stories to that regard, where they're thinking about story arcs and they're thinking about common tropes and things like that. Yes, they but can I mean, lose themselves in the moment and focus on their emotions. Again, but but the people who went to go see this movie opening weekend, the people who are most likely to be the ones to cry when Tony Stark dies are also the ones who have been, like, following every bit of news. I mean, and so you can piece together, oh, man, there's no Iron Man movie coming out after this. I don't, okay. And I think I think this is, this is different for me, at least, from the prequel thing, right? Because my problem with prequels is that you either have to undo a bunch of characters, like, you have to undo a bunch of characterization, and then, or, like, the char- character is very stagnant, right? Yeah. Like, regardless of like what I like I think you can walk in knowing that he's going to die but they definitely earned that death which I know you have your issues yeah. with because whatever but like it was it was a very like you Tony have Stark's to you have to look at it less from the idea of okay I'm walking into this and I know he's going to fucking die like you know Titanic's gonna like you know the ship's gonna sink at the end of Titanic. You know like you know certain things are going to happen. Like people watched you know Theory of Relativity, knowing that like Stephen Hawking and his first wife got fucking divorced. You know like, but they theory earned theory. Yeah, that's right. Theory theory of everything. But um, the the character arc that Stony had from heartless bastard at the top of Iron Man to like an individual willing to sacrifice himself for the rest of the universe right. is a really beautiful character arc. And that moment was earned. And so if people have an emotional reaction, if people have fucking catharsis, okay, I don't give a shit. If you knew walking, like that's like your argument is also like, you know, fucking Romeo and Juliet die at the end, yeah. but like, you fucking cried at that shit, didn't you, little baby? Or, anyway, or like, why? So like, 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 if you're gonna watch a movie again, like another time, yeah, and then I like, always gonna... cry at the end of, th- of Finding Neverland, and I know that the mom dies at the end every fucking time. <laughs> I still fucking cry because it's fucking catharsis, and then those character beats are earned. Yeah. Okay, those character beats were earned, and so I, that's why people fucking cry. I was mostly okay? just trying to figure out like why Tony Stark's death had to happen the way that it happened. Because it is honestly okay, but like not movie. everybody is like sitting there leaning over to their wife, being like, "I mean, Captain Marvel could have just used the Infinity Gauntlet." Canonically speaking, Actually, she's able to wield the Infinity Gauntlet. Blah 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 blah. While the wife is like, hand. "Shut the fuck up!" Like, Actually, in, why did I marry you? In Please fairness, stop talking during Endgame. In fairness to me, that was not what I whispered during Tony Stark's death scene. What I actually whispered to you during Tony Stark's death scene. Was when you Gwyneth t- Paltrow's character showed up. I was like, and she said, yes, it's okay. She said, it's okay. And my response to that was, I have tons of goop.com products. I'm going to rub, rub this uh, essential oil on you. Hold, here, hold these crystals. You'll be fine. Now, did Tony Stark leave Stark Industries to his workers in his death will? No. No, because no. he's a capitalist douche. Oh, I thought you said he but began a, a good cap- person. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> Okay, he grew in other ways. Oh, All right, okay. was, but, he had a he had a daughter. That changed him. That changed him. That changed him. Yeah. Anyway, somehow. but I'm saying I'm I'm saying if people experience catharsis at Tony Stark's death because they were very invested in the character, having watched all of his movies and having watched him grown over several several films, 
I think it's kind of a heartless thing to be all like, who are the fucking children crying at this? Like, fuck you, okay? All right? It's like, you know Romeo and Juliet are going to die, but, like, I've seen you fucking cry at that shit. Have so, you? Because I don't think yeah, I ever. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I yeah. ever have. Yeah. She, she probably it's seen not, you. It's she, not, you. She's it's seen not, you. She's calling it's you out. It's not Wally. Again, <laughs> I will admit to crying in movies. I cried. <laughs> I cried my eyes out at Wally. All right. I cried at Toy Story three. Like Pixar movies always make me cry, but I don't think I've ever cried at Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Really? I thought you. Never mind. Nope. <laughs> We saw a really beautiful version of that recently that a friend of ours directed. Yeah. Anyway, it was very good. Um, I, I didn't cry at it, though. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. People are allowed to have cathartic reactions mm-hmm. to, like, beautiful character arcs. And not be called children. Whether, whether or not they knew walking in that, that that's where it was going to end. I don't know. Okay? I, I, think, I think to attribute catharsis to a comic book movie is kind of a lot. Well, uh, this has been yeah. some nerds of a podcast. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm Elise. I'm not a child. And we'll, we'll see, see you. We'll see if we're still married in two weeks, guys. We'll see That's you. the investment. We'll see you in two weeks when we talk all, nothing but Game of Thrones spoilers all the time. <laughs> For a whole hour and a half. You have two weeks, Nick. You have two Take it or leave weeks. it. I'm leaving the podcast. Good night, everybody. <laughs>